Welcome to Sweaty as Fuck. Hi, I'm Joey, functional nutritionist. And hi, I'm Lucy, sports injury and lymphatic drainage specialist. We are here getting our sweat on in the sunlight and infrared sauna at the Fit Partnership, which is a gym and longevity studio in Wimbledon, southwest London. We are talking all things biohacking, but no nonsense, just easy to understand conversations and tips about what we and others in our community are doing to optimise health to live longer and better. Hi, welcome to episode 37 of Sweaty as Fuck. This week we have an awesome guest in the sauna with us. We have Dr. Simon Chard, and we are going to talk all about um, dentistry, oral hygiene, and all of that jazz. But before we get into it, Lucy, let's just talk about um, Biohack of the Week from last week, which was from Christian from Omnos Precision Health. And he gave us blue light blocking for the evenings. Do you do this? I'm dreadful in the evening. I mean, I go to bed so early anyway that really I don't get an evening. But <laughs> I, I am dreadful at that. I do, I'll have my phone with me until the last minute. So I need some new blue light blocking glasses. I do keep pinching my youngest's and they're about that big. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I do this. I'm quite re- religious about this, wearing my blue light glasses in the evening and also setting my phone to the sunset to sunrise and you can also get um filters for on your phone as well yeah. if you don't want to be wearing the glasses so you can have the screens so i have that on the kids ipads yeah just don't seem to worry about myself yeah, <laughs> yeah i need a new pair so this is one that lucy needs to work <clears throat> all right anyway back to this week um hi simon welcome to the hot sauna <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me no, thank you so much for coming down. I think Lucy is going to... Well, did you want to ask your, you? your nosy question first? Or oh, my like... nosy question first. Are we mixing it up this week? Okay. I well, I always ask a nosy question. Lucy asked the um, intelligent questions. Okay. <laughs> Let's get through. Um, my nosy question is, what is a day in the life of you? And what biohacks do you do? And what is your favourite biohack? Sure. So, like, genuine full daily routine. Well, ish. Yeah. Okay. A, qu- a, qu- a, quick, a quick one. <laughs> um, so I wake up at, at well four forty-five a.m. Okay. Um, start the day with some Stoic philosophy. I read like the Daily Stoic okay. every morning, um, and then I tend to do a bit of work because I'm running multiple businesses, uh, and then I work out from normally six till seven. Um, and then if I'm in the clinic, then I'm off to the clinic. My first patient's at about 8.30 normally. Um, and if I'm doing stuff for parlor, then um, I'll either be starting meetings at nine or, um, or going up into town where we've got a, an office. Biohacking wise, I mean, so much stuff from like with regards to nutrition and supplementation and obviously exercise. I think at the moment we were discussing just before we started recording, my favorite thing is my, my red light um, panel. I've got the full stack from uh, Red Light Rising and um, I have that on while I'm working out and I try and sort of do exercises that allow me to be sort of right in front of it while I'm training, just because I think that's quite a, a clever little, um, sort of efficient way to get that red light and near infrared um, whilst also exercising. And I think, I mean, I don't know if this is placebo, but at the moment where it's super dark in the mornings and in the evening, um, that sort of red light in my head at least makes me think that I'm getting sort of similar to low angle sunlight in the morning type vibes, which I'm 
in reality not getting as much as Huberman keeps on telling me I need yeah. to get outside in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I wake up before the sun gets up yeah, yeah, and um, I'm driving to the clinic while the sun is rising. So I can watch it through my car window, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think that really counts. So yeah, that's the one for me at the moment. The window, <laughs> 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 yeah. We have the exact same problem. It's such a frustration of ours. Yeah. yeah. We get up also about five, but and I think oh, not just the, so the products that you can buy they're not quite mimicking that full spectrum of like mm. sunrise the one I sunrise. had recently on the latest journal club for Mattia and Huberman was the Chuo uh, light bulbs which apparently are designed by the scientist who found out all about the impact of light on circadian rhythm and all that sort of thing okay. and they are multi-wavelength so okay. it's not just like a full like um, Brian Johnson style like 10,000 yeah. lux lamp <laughs> in your face um, it's a bit more sort of considered to what you'd have at that time of day yeah, so okay. it's, uh, that's what I'm looking at at the moment okay cool okay, we will also look into that <laughs> okay, Richard, Richard, do you, well, do you want to just tell us about Parlour? sure when did that come about How, well tell what? us a bit about you as well like your your background Val. I'll give you all of it I'll give you me and Parlour so um, I'm a dentist um, I qualified in 2012-2012 from Kings. Uh, I'm married to a dentist. I'm the son of two dentists. Um, My kids will probably be dentists. (laughs) Um, But no, I'm really passionate about dentistry. Um, It is very much a passion of mine. Uh, My focus is around cosmetics and also implant dentistry, um, but with sort of a very much a lean towards technology and biology being as sort of contemporary as possible and bringing in the sort of um, elements of biohacking where appropriate into my um, into my clinical work. Um, that led to me being the youngest ever president of the British Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry, which I achieved last year, wow. um, which was cool. And I do a lot of sort of international lecturing and that sort of thing, although less so now with kids and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then 2020, we launched Parlor, which is um, so what we call the next generation of oral care. So its primary mission is to eradicate single-use plastic from dentistry. Mm-hmm. There's 20 billion toothpaste tubes going into landfill or the ocean each year. They're single-use plastic, they last for 500 years, they're making their way into our bloodstream and our breast milk and all of our food system. Um, And we think that we can do better than that in our sort of small space of dentistry. So myself and a few of my other co-founders who are also high-profile dentists came together to sort of make something that was better. And that's where Parlour was formed. So we launched with toothpaste tablets, which are sort of dehydrated toothpaste tablets that you pop in your mouth and then you brush away with as normal. Um, but they come in glass jars with aluminium lids and refills in compostable bags. And then more recently, we launched a chewable mouthwash with oral probiotics, which I'm sure we'll get onto the exciting yeah. realm of the oral microbiome today. Yes. <laughs> um, and, um, and we were also on Dragon's Den in 2020, well, it was filmed in 2020, which was a weird time to go on live TV, um, but um, went on TV in 2021. Uh, and we're now in Sainsbury's, Waitrose, Boots, Ocado, Whole Foods, Duty Free. So yeah, it's going oh, pretty well. Going <laughs> well done, that's fantastic. Wow. And what was the main driver for that from a sustainability environmental point of view? Uh, my first child. Yeah. Um, I'm never happier than when I'm in the ocean, on the ocean, mm-hmm. by the ocean. Um, that's my 100% happy place. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I had my first my daughter back in 2018 um 
I found, became aware of the when you're a dentist no, you don't really think about the fact I'm like sort of using a, re- a refillable water bottle I'm like not using plastic bags at the supermarket yeah. but then I was dishing out these like toothpaste juice like they were sweets to all my patients yeah. and not really thinking about the fact that they're single use plastic no one tells you that so I think once I realised that and when I heard about the fact the Ellen MacArthur uh, study showing that by 2050 there's going to be more plastic in the ocean than fish unless we change our single use habits um those two things alongside having a daughter and being like right 2050 she's going to be like my age mm. the ocean's going to be wrecked arguably they already are like mm. we were swimming in cyprus a few years back swimming next to these amazing leatherback um green turtles with my daughter the whole thing was incredible mm. and then we come back to the beach and it's just covered in microplastics mm. and you're like this is really just yeah. a terrible situation yeah. so look i'm not going to change the world as one person but in my little sphere of dentistry, yeah. we wanted to sort of be making a positive change and hopefully that will push the bigger brands to um, to change the way that they're operating yeah. as well. And if everybody had that attitude, then yeah. we'd be in a much better yeah. space. That's, it. That's, that's it. it, that's it. Love it. Amazing, well, it's fantastic. Um, so we wanted to talk about the oral microbiome and how it affects gut and brain health. Mm-hmm. Um, so. How does oral health, specifically dental hygiene, impact your overall well-being? So I'll start at the beginning, which is obviously your oral hygiene, as you say. So how well you clean your teeth affects your oral microbiome in that if you don't clean your teeth, if you don't remove the bad bacteria with your brush and with some sort of dentrify, some sort of toothpaste um, to help with that process, um, and mm. we may well come on to the sort of fluoride debate later on because that's where sometimes I have challenges with the biohacking community. Mm. Um, but um, by removing the, um, the plaque biofilm on your teeth, you stop the bad bacteria from creating their own environment, which is a oxygen negative environment. And so you stop yourself from developing either firstly gingivitis, which is a reversible inflammation of the gums. So if your gums are bleeding when you brush them or you floss them, you've got gingivitis. Um, And then if that gingivitis is left to carry on and those bugs can build a more and more developed environment for themselves, uh, then you start to develop gum disease. So gum disease or periodontitis is where the body starts to mount an immune reaction against those bugs and that. Uh, erodes away your bone which is the support so the bone and the gums which support your teeth gets eroded irreversibly um, and uh, that's how you can eventually lose your teeth and that's where the whole thing of getting long in the tooth as you get older comes from that's because your bone and gums are being eroded because you've got gum disease in essence so the way in which that interplays with uh, well you've mentioned gut health and brain health but realistically also all metabolic disease um, uh, heart disease so I mean everything really mm. as we learn more and more about sort of medicine 3.0 and the impact of chronic inflammation into really all significant diseases periodontitis is a is a is a big part of that because this disease process going on in your, in your mouth isn't going to present with any symptoms until it's really really far along mm. so if you're not going to the dentist and you're not flossing and you're not brushing twice a day um, most people don't floss uh, or do use anything in between their teeth. I won't ask you guys now if you do, but I'm sure you do. But if, if you're not, then the likelihood is you've got some sort of inflammation in your mouth. And if that's left to progress, then it raises the whole inflammatory status of your whole body, yeah. um, either uh, directly in certain ways, like with IBS and that sort of thing, or indirectly 
by just raising the body's whole immune status, cytokines, CRP, reactive proteins, inflammatory markers, which has a massive knock-on effect that we can talk about in more detail. I don't want to ramble on for too long, but that's the general idea is that your bad oral hygiene, or not cleaning your teeth well enough, as well as the genetic susceptibility to a certain extent as well, mm-hmm. leads to a chronic inflammatory situation, which is periodontitis or gum disease, which leads to all of these other metabolic diseases yeah. um, which have a, a sort of more significant systemic impact. Yeah. I mean, the co- connection between oral hygiene and, and gut brain is, I, I think it's becoming more, people are becoming more aware. So we were talking mm. before we started recording about um, the potential or, or reports that are coming, uh, studies that are being done now to see the link between oral hygiene and things like Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. Parkinson's, uh, any degenerative brain disease. Yeah. And and the studies are showing that there is an increased risk of those diseases. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so again, it comes down to firstly just the chronic inflammation. I mean, they call Alzheimer's diabetes type three now, right? So yeah. it's very very linked with chronic inflammation of various sources. Yeah. Interestingly, though, sort of with direct reference to periodontitis, one of the bacteria that causes periodontitis or is in, involved with it is one called Porphyrmonas gingivalis or P. gingivalis. Mm. Um, that has been found in the brains of um, uh, of autopsy reports of patients with Alzheimer's disease. Wow. Um, so there's actually evidence now of those those bacteria making their way through the bloodstream because obviously the mouth is a hugely vascularized area. I mean. The density of capillaries and small blood vessels in the mouth is massive. It's, it's the way that we can actually get vitamins in our pile of pro toothpaste to go through the gums into your bloodstream, yeah. which is a, another conversation which we think is really interesting. But um, those bugs can also sometimes make their way through there and then they can make their way across the blood-brain barrier into the brain. Mm. So you've got that local sort of toxicity in the brain and then you've got that chronic underlying inflammatory raised status, which is leading to... Alzheimer's and, and if you look at diabetes for example if your diabetes gets worse your gum disease gets worse if your gum disease gets worse mm. your diabetes gets worse yeah. so your blood sugar levels and your level of bad bacteria in your mouth are playing a synergistic role in these really I mean the impacts of diabetes are just shocking and yeah. the, the number of patients we actually blood test our patients in the clinic for um, HP1AC so their resting blood mm. glucose levels and their uh, vitamin D levels because it has a direct impact on, on me when I'm placing implants or if they've got gum disease, we can look at those uh, just with a real quick finger prick test, look at those readings and let them know because 75, 80% of people in the UK are vitamin D deficient, uh, one in 20 people is walking around with diabetes and they don't know about it. Um, and so we've got a really interesting position as dentists to screen these patients because they're coming in to see us anyway, so mm. why wouldn't we? Yeah. Um, and it plays an impact on oral health and oral treatments as well, so it's, it's really interesting. It's amazing. I mean, the body is just connected as, as a whole. I think people isolate different parts of the body thinking one part doesn't affect the other. That's and it. of course, yeah. everything that's coming in through the mouth surely is sensibly is going to like, affect. Yeah, that's like I mean, a Western medicine thing, isn't it? And that's where then maybe we need to look at it a bit more holistically. Yeah, I mean, I mean... <sighs> the fact that dentistry is completely removed from medicine as yeah. almost like a separate thing yeah. 
doesn't really make any sense. No. Like, what, we cut the head off at the neck and mm. then nothing below there has anything to do with what's no. going on in the mouth. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. So I think the more contemporary and aware dentists are switching on to this now, the large majority would have no idea about any of the things I just talked to yeah. you about. Yeah. They see a hole on an X-ray, they fill it, fill it yeah. with amalgam or with composite, whatever. Um, but um, it's very much sort of a um, a responsive approach as opposed to a more modern preventative approach. And that, that's why I, I lecture on something that I nicked from Peter Atter. In, rea- in reality, from Medicine 3.0, I call it Dentistry 3.0, mm-hmm. but looking at all of these things and the way they interplay with each other, um, and even things like airway and with kids, like their development of their skeletons mm-hmm. is completely linked with their... Um, uh, with the way that their jaws come together, with the way they breathe, um, all of these things. Yeah, well. I mean, I, I did a jaw development and things. It does, like, yeah. yeah. My, my wife's reading a book called Jaws at the moment from um, I, don't, I forget the authors, but they're they're Stanford scientists, okay. um, and it's all about how how you breathe um, controls the development of your skeleton, and they mm-hmm. show some amazing um, sort of before and afters on changing breathing things like um, adenoids and tonsils being overgrown or having um, a very small um, uh, mandible maxilla and that pushing the tongue backwards Mm -hmm. and obviously leading to airway issues. Um, It's complicated for parents. I'm I'm a parent as well. So again, this has sort of heightened my awareness of this, but none of these things are taught to us at dental school. And actually in the UK, we take out a lot of teeth for orthodontic reasons, which collapses the the lower third of the face inwards. And there's question marks now over, right, okay, if we're reducing the space of the tongue and we're pushing it back, are we actually making airway issues? Yeah. Um, all of this stuff, as I say, is very much sort of, none of it is proven. It's all very uh, sort of early research, but yeah, it's fascinating. But so. it might be proven at some point in the Absolutely. future. Absolutely. <laughs> and at the end of the day, if you wait for things to be um, yeah. completely validated by the appropriate level of research... Um, sometimes you're waiting too late for yeah. your kids yeah, um, exactly. and so you've got to work with the information that's available to you today yeah. um, try to be as uh, try to do the best that you can and do as little harm as you can and be as conservative with your treatment planning yeah. but um, certainly for me I'm very focused on nasal breathing at the moment I went to an amazing breathwork class with um, Jamie Clements I don't know mm-hmm. if you know him from the breath space I think his company is um, and I'm terrible at nasal breathing. I've got a really bad nasal airway, and it's something that I'm really focusing on myself. Your mouth tape. Yeah, I was going to yes. say. At night, you? And, when you, and when you work out, or just at night? Uh, not when I work out, just when I sleep. With uh, we're using my wife and I using myo tape at the yeah, moment. Yeah. Um, and actually, uh, Jamie recommended a nasal um, dilator uh, yeah, strip thing okay. as well, which I'm yet to yet to test out. I mean, bedtime is getting incredibly sexy in my yeah. house <laughs> with mouth tape, Welcome nasal strips. <laughs> Eye mask. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, whoop, like the whoop eye mask, the whoop. by the way. No, the whoop eye mask, whoop eye mask is the bomb. Like, that's oh, really? that's my favourite thing. I love it. Okay. Um, it's an elite Click level point. eye mask. Okay. That's what we like. Okay. Adds to cart. Yeah. <laughs> and we also we had a guest in um, the other week who was telling us he had heavy metal poisoning from having an amalgam mm-hmm. filling. Mm-hmm. And so how does that, can I ask that question? Is that... that doesn't happen anymore though, does it? I think But they used to have, don't we, use that no, he used yeah. yeah, yeah, that's still yeah. one of the most used materials in the NHS. On the NHS, yeah. And yeah. In- interestingly, um, Europe have just indicated that they plan to ban it in the next year. Yeah. Obviously we're now no longer in Europe. 
and the BDA, the British Dental Association, are sort of up in arms about the sort of lack of planning with regards to how they're going to phase this material out and replace it because it's so ubiquitously used in the NHS. Um, it's it's a really interesting one. I mean, it's a fantastic dental material in that it lasts incredibly well. If you look at most 50, 60 year olds walking around, they've got um, mouths full of amalgam um, and it's been there for 30 years. Yeah. That's an incredible longevity mm. for a material. And actually once it's been placed, it's pretty stable. Mm. Removal of it can actually lead to more um, molecular disruption okay. um, and inhalation and so mm. on. Um, but I think it's variable from person to person, to be honest. I mean, I don't have any amalgam in my mouth. I don't use amalgam for my patients anymore. Um, although that's how I was trained at dental school, yeah. partially. Um, I just think there's better materials out there nowadays. But um, it's still very much used. Um, it's now no longer recommended for pregnant ladies and for mm -hmm. kids, which is a really interesting position for the government to hold, I think, yeah. because how can it be uh, wrong for them but okay for everyone else? Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, again, it's one of those things that's developing rapidly. Um, I wasn't expecting Europe to come out so strongly yeah. against it, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's completely phased out over the next 10 yeah. years. What about in the uh, States? Do they use amalgam in the States? Uh, less so, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure. Uh, it, again, I think it depends on who you speak to. Yeah. Certainly the more, more modern, younger dentists will be using it less and less. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm not sure. Sorry, just randomly. <laughs> well, you're, you're answering so many of the questions. <laughs> There's a lot of questions in there, yeah. Um, so I always want to talk about mental health and the correlation between a poor oral microbiome on anxiety, depression, Presumably, there is a some connection there. I'm actually not aware, and I'm, mental health is a big, big topic for me because mental health in dentists is a huge, huge mm -hmm. problem. Um, but with regards to a link between your oral health and anxiety and depression, I'm not aware of any research that supports that. I wouldn't be surprised because yeah. chronic inflammation in general would, would yeah. be linked with um, uh, rises in cortisol, mm -hmm. which would be linked with. Um, and increased uh, levels of anxiety yeah. um, and that over a long period of time I, I could imagine leading to serious mental health issues so I could I could see it the physiology I'm not I mean the research may be there I'm not familiar with it um, some, yeah. but um, yeah I think in general with everything that we're doing in our lives we should be looking to reduce the amount of inflammation in our bodies unnecessary inflammation chronic inflammation mm -hmm. so by improving our oral hygiene that's going to play a huge part in it because your skin is a very good defense mechanism in general yeah. if you had a cut on your skin that was infected you would do something about it pretty immediately mm -hmm. <laughs> the reality is that gingivitis is an ongoing open wound in your mouth yeah. um, your, your gums if anywhere else in your body bled on a regular basis you'd be really worried yeah. but yet in the mouth we seem to accept the bleeding of the gums as something that's acceptable and, and normal almost mm -hmm. Um, or we think that we've brushed our teeth wrong or flossed our teeth wrong. Yeah. But actually, you've got an open wound there and that's a, that's a dangerous tract for bugs and so on to get into the body. Yeah, and so that's where actually you want those gums. I always say to my patients, if you ran your floss over the skin on the end of your finger, would you expect it to bleed spontaneously? Mm -hmm. Of course not. That's how you want the strength of your gums to be as well. And that takes some focus on supporting your oral microbiome with good oral hygiene and, and using good oral health products.
So flossing, tongue scraping. Do you recommend tongue scraping? Tongue scraping is great for reducing bacterial load on the uh, on the tongue, yeah. um, and um, and reducing the buildup of, of sort of negative bacteria. So yeah, I thoroughly recommend that. Mouthwash. Mouthwash is an interesting one. Old school mouthwash, no. So mm. anything with alcohol in it. Yeah. Um, the traditional methodology and thought process with mouthwash, similar to many old school drugs, was let's just kill everything. Mm. And that will solve the problem. Um, yeah. yeah, let's just wipe, let's just nuke everything, and, and it'll be okay. Um, that's very much not the modern approach to oral hygiene. Um, we at Parlour launched our chewable mouthwash tabs uh, with uh, a specific strain of lactobacilli, which is a, a, a good bacteria in inverted commas, a, a probiotic yeah. that helps to outcompete those bad bacteria like the P. gingivalis, like the Actinobacillus actinomycomatans, I think is how you pronounce it, AA we call it, but that's another one of the big gum disease um, bacteria. Um, and um, so if you go for something with a probiotic in it, you can support the good bacteria to outcompete the bad bacteria. And if you do that, the main thing with mouthwash is that actually people use it at the wrong time. Mm. They tend to use it immediately after they brush their teeth, which is actually the worst time that you could use it. Because if you are using a fluoride-based toothpaste, you're actually washing away a lot of the fluoride and you want that fluoride to sit on the teeth because that helps to protect the teeth against decay. So if you are going to use a mouthwash, fine, but actually I would recommend using it ideally after lunch or at a time when you're not going to be brushing your teeth just to neutralise any dietary acids and reduce the risk of you getting decay and, and gum disease. So that's why Parlour mouthwash tabs are so great because they're designed to be used on the go. Yeah. Um, and the big strap line for us with that is... Um, gut health starts in your mouth yeah. um, and we didn't uh, just on the gut health thing uh, the uh, patients who show symptoms of IBS have also been shown to preferentially show a much higher rate of oral dysbiosis mm -hmm. i.e too much bad bacteria in your mouth mm -hmm. um, and that happens again indirectly through the systemic inflammatory status but also through some of those bugs being swallowed mm -hmm. uh, in high concentration and that leading to an inflammatory response in the gut also some linked with Crohn's as well I believe Really? Yeah, I listen mm. to it. Because we, we swallow 140 billion bacteria a day. That's right. Sounds so, about right. <laughs> yeah. So the gut's getting battered constantly. So it would make sense that if you're... Yeah, and it's designed for that, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got to think about this all as a defence system. The mouth is our barrier yeah. to things coming into our body. That's yeah. literally what it's designed for. Yeah. Um, but if we let it go haywire, um, then it won't be able to act in that way. And, and so things get in that shouldn't do. Um, and that can lead to problems downstream, I think. Yeah. I was talking to a client this week, actually, about, you know, we were talking about being kind of mindful when you eat and taking time to eat. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, because actually the digestion starts in your mouth. Absolutely. Your saliva helps to break down. <laughs> you know, so if you're not chewing and you're not taking the time to eat your food then it's hitting your stomach yeah. and half the process hasn't happened already yeah and actually when you start to explain that and people to think about that then that helps your gut health as well just from the fact that you're actually using your teeth using <laughs> the proper process yeah so that when the food does arrive there it's in a state that is more digestible that's it so Absolutely right. Can I ask one question on um, what's your view on oil pulling with like something like coconut oil? I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, I think the research is questionable. Mm. Um, I don't know how much benefit it's doing, but I don't think it's doing any damage. Okay. Um, so if you enjoy it, if you like the feeling afterwards, if you feel like it gives you fresher breath, I like um, then I think crack on. Okay. Um, but don't. Uh, 
don't use it to replace something which is really evidence-backed like flossing for Mm, example or or cleaning with interproximal brushes Mm -hmm. um lots of people like to use the water floss because it's really easy or the the, the, um water pick um sort of sprays water in between the teeth um it's a nice idea but the evidence isn't really there that it's as good as flossing or teeping or uh, interproximal brushing so yeah it's sort of an and as opposed to an or so gingivitis, the correct, correct way to say it. Yes, is, yeah, yeah, perfect. Is mm-hmm. if you if you have bleeding gums. Yeah, so if correct. you're using the dental floss and you're bleeding, potentially you have gingivitis. Yeah, and that's a reversible condition. It, yeah. So don't stop. Do it more. Just don't do it less, and, and you'll yeah. get through that. And and the, that's that's really the difficulty. People get told by the dentist to floss or to TP. It doesn't feel nice because the gums are sore. Mm. They stop doing it. It gets worse. But if yeah. you can get through those first week or two of that discomfort it actually, your gums should stop bleeding and it should become much more comfortable. Otherwise, you might have a, a dental problem that needs sorting. Yeah. Um, but it's getting through that pain barrier of the first bit that I think puts most people off. Mm. But keep going because keep going. It, it, it is a potential cause of Alzheimer's and also the uh, gingivalis bacteria can make its way to the spinal cord, which sounds terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, mm. Floss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, it. People. that's funny, the biohack of the week, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so you touched on it right at the beginning, but fluoride, no fluoride. Gone. what's your view? What's your guys' view? When it comes to water, we, we've... When I have toothpaste and things like that, like using it. I, 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 I use fluoride. I do. Use you do? Fluoride. Yeah, I do. Yeah. You don't have to say that. I won't no, judge no, no, you. No, no, <laughs> I, I, I do, do, but I know a lot of biohackers won't. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that, but I'm like biohacker-like. We're, we're going to get yeah, that's, absolutely <laughs> torn apart. Yeah. This <laughs> no, no, you've got to pick your battles, yeah. and that is not one that I'm doing. So <laughs> fluoride's a really interesting one. Um, I have loads of anecdotal experience as a clinician where I've seen patients who are stable, they move to a fluoride-free toothpaste mm-hmm. and they start to develop cavities rapidly. Yeah. And I'll ask them the question, what's going on? Have you started caning three cans of Coke every day or are you eating cakes all morning? Yeah. And they, we go through the diet, nothing's changed. And we talk about their oral hygiene. Oh, I've switched toothpaste to mm-hmm. X clean brand. Yeah. Um, and that, um, that is the, the thing that's changed. Now, saying that, they will be eating sugar as well. Yeah. You can't get cavities no. without eating sugar. And so if your oral hygiene and your diet is meticulous, then you may be able to get away without a fluoride toothpaste mm-hmm. because it's not like everything in life. It's not a one size fits all. Yeah. Okay. It's very easy to have a blanket statement, always use a fluoride toothpaste because in reality, most people need to because they're not cleaning their teeth well enough. Yeah. But um, uh, if, you, if you don't use fluoride and you have a high sugar diet or sugar in your tea or coffee or whatever then you'll get cavities much sooner yeah. that will cause more problems you're going to have to have more dental materials in your mouth you're more likely to need a root canal mm. you're more likely to need an extraction you need more dentistry which yeah. isn't great biologically anyway no. you rather have nothing um foreign in the body yeah. at all if possible yeah. um and so it's always a balancing act really really easy, interesting research coming out recently around hydroxyapatite which is one of the ingredients that we have in our parlor pro range um, hydroxyapatite makes it the building box of your enamel. Okay. It can be used in toothpaste to remineralize and harden the surface mm-hmm. of the enamel. So in Parla Pro, it hardens it and strengthens it by 65%. Um, 
which can actually reverse early areas of decay mm. and it can protect teeth against acid erosion, which is a big problem mm. in our sort of modern acidic diet where we're all drinking smoothies and fruit juice and fizzy drinks and all that well, sort of thing. Well, it's like everybody's having lemon water for their exactly. breakfast, which yeah. kills me. Great for like, the gut, why? terrible for the teeth. Know, <laughs> just don't do it, just have some water. <laughs> yeah, have some LMNT instead. Yeah, yes, That's what I have. Or get revived. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are sponsored by. Oh, right. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's the same. It's like the UK version of Elementary. Okay, I like yeah, it. I'll, I'll try it out. Yeah. I'll try it out. Um, but the re there's recent research showing hydroxyapatite toothpaste being um, as effective as fluoride-based toothpaste. Okay. Well. Um, which uh, gives, I think, an alternative option to those people that don't want to use fluoride but don't want to have cavities, yeah. make sure you're reaching for a hydroxyapatite-based toothpaste. Okay. Um, that would be my advice on that point because I know and like we get cane for it on on socials at Parlor for using fluoride based yeah. products mm. we are a, a dentist design product we want to do what's best for your oral health yeah. and protect the planet and be better for you while we're doing it mm. so we remove things you don't need like palm oil or mm. sodium lauryl sulfate that's really inflammatory in the mouth and causes ulcers and changes your ability to deal with spicy food and that sort of thing wow. but things like fluoride we, we, we make sort of a cost-benefit uh, cost analysis yeah. on it and net-net it's going to be best for most people to use yeah. a fluoride-based toothpaste. So that's why we've stuck with that. Would have been easier financially and from I a commercial point of view to, uh, to remove it. <laughs> Come for us. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, look after your oral hygiene to um, reduce the risk of certain systemic diseases and have overall better gut and brain health. So if we were going to say a biohack of the week, we always do like a free or low cost. Well, I know what that is. You've got to get Flossing. down to, uh, um, oh, no. go and buy some parlour. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Very low yeah. cost. At Sainsbury's Waitrose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you sell floss as well? We do. We actually have a plastic free floss. Oh, cool. Because um, that was going to be one of my questions about what floss to use. Yeah, so floss is, I call it the triple threat of plastic. Mm. So it's a single use plastic thread that you literally use once and it goes in the bin and then yeah. strangles a turtle or something yeah. like that. Um, it's in a plastic box, which is yeah. single use as well. Mm. And then they wrap it in single use in plastic, plastic yeah. just to make just it really fun. strong. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have one that's made from castor bean um, oil. So it's completely plant-based, 100% compostable. It's in a glass jar with an aluminium lid that is also refillable. So you can get it on subscription okay. through our website, parlortoothpastetabs.com. Um, and um, <laughs> I don't know when this is going to come out, but it's going to be available in one of the big retailers relatively shortly as okay, well. Okay, cool. Um, so that's exciting. Amazing. Well, that's really exciting. So that's the biohack of the week. I think everybody needs to make sure they're flossing. Flossing. With yeah. Parlofloss. With Parlofloss, <laughs> yeah. And we will put a we link. Will link. <laughs> we will link it in the, in the episode notes. Um, no, I think that's really interesting. Thank you. I think it's just, like we were saying before the podcast started, it's really a case of just people becoming aware of the impact of their oral health on the whole body, whole body. Yeah. Um, rather than just... Isolating it, yeah. pretty teeth, nice yeah, yeah. breath. It, it connects <laughs> to everything. Everyone wants pretty teeth, but they—you'd yes, be surprised yes. at the number of patients that come in and see me saying, "I want that amazing smile makeover I saw on Instagram," and then they've got rampant gum disease going on. And yeah. I, I like it because it's like a Trojan horse for better <laughs> oral health. So, like, they come in for the smile makeover, I get them healthy first, and then yeah. we do it. But. Um, the number of people walking around with this disease is is huge and it's not getting any better either so yeah, yeah it's really good to get the get the word out there what about in pregnant women actually i'll say that because when i was pregnant mm -hmm. i did get bleeding gums i mean this yeah. is a lifetime ago yeah. but 
it's quite common in pregnant women, isn't it? It is, yeah, absolutely. The hormonal imbalance um, throws everything out of whack. It's still responding to the bugs. So if you're meticulous with your oral hygiene and see the hygienist maybe at a higher frequency when you're you're pregnant, then you'll reduce the impact of that. Um, But um, yeah, it's, 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 it's in inverted commas normal to see more bleeding gums in a pregnant lady. Well, everything's just hard, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> everything's harder, yeah. My, my pregnant wife certainly would say that Aww. at the moment. <laughs> We're sending her lots of love and good luck for the baby. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Thank and you. we will see everyone next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Overall, biohacking can be a powerful tool for optimising physical and mental performance, improving overall health and enhancing quality of life. However... It is important to approach biohacking with caution and consult with a healthcare professional before making any significant changes to your lifestyle or using any new supplements or technologies. Or use your own discernment like we do. Um, We aren't health professionals. This is a personal journey where we are sharing tips that we find useful.